Ladies and gentlemen, Red Pots podcast has returned after a week's hiatus, and it appears that Toronto FC has also taken hiatus from appearing on the pitch after what we witnessed yesterday. Uh, as per usual, it's myself, Ben McClellan. I've got Cam Miller beside me. Cam, what's happening, my friend? Oh, you know, just ignoring all the important things in life, like TFC's results. Just, they don't happen anymore. You know, I, I'm, I, I can't fathom having to explain what happened last game, Ben. So yeah. I'm excited to do a, a different topic today. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with you. We, we are going to take a hard pass on talking about Toronto FC's result yesterday. I mean, we will tell you they lost 7-1. Uh, we shouldn't have to tell you much else than that. Uh, so what we're going to do today is I have prepared my all-time best 11 from Toronto FC. Cam has also prepared his best all-time 11 from Toronto FC. And then we've also prepared our own uh, reverse 11. Basically, guys that were just bad, overhyped, disappointments for what they're supposed to be, you know, an epitome of what Toronto FC was at the time, you name it. Uh, So you guys can kind of guess, and we'll certainly have some fun with that. And we figure you guys will probably enjoy that a hell of a lot more than us complaining for probably the 10th episode in a row. So without further ado, we'll start with our best 11s, Cam. I feel like there's probably going to be quite a few similarities in here just because there's less good to choose from over the history of Toronto FC. Um, if you wanted, you can start. If you wanted, I can start. What, what do you want? Let's go, let's go through yours. Let's, let's do maybe a line by line comparison of the teams just so we can keep it nice and organized. Sounds good with me. Uh, so with mine in goal, uh, this one was actually kind of tough because we've had over the last few years, a few good goalkeepers, obviously Alex Bono leads the team and, appearances now and and realistically has been good over his Toronto FC career um and then obviously Quentin Westberg a fan favorite as well but my uh goalkeeper in my all-time 11 for Toronto FC is Stefan Fry um before Bono came around he he led the team in appearances I believe ended up with 99 caps didn't quite get to the hundredth um but he was great and it just sucked that he was stuck on some bad teams. Then obviously we've seen what he's done since moving on from Toronto FC, going to Seattle, a terrific player there. Um, so what do you think of that cam? And then what's your uh, goalkeeper pick? Uh, I think that's a great, great pick uh, Ben. And, and to, to make it easier for everyone, I have the same keeper in my back uh, in my net, um, mainly because in my debate about, who is Toronto FC's best goalkeeper? You know, we talked about club legends uh, a couple of podcasts back, and you got to say that Bono is you know, the legend now, having you know won the MLS Cup and and now has the most appearances by a goalkeeper at 103. But you know, looking back at Fry's you know body of work, 99 games isn't to, to you know anything to sh- wag your finger at. That's quite an immense amount of games, almost a century. So I think the impact he had at TFC may have been overshadowed by the overall performance of the team. And, you know, the same could be said of Bono right now, right? Like this, the team's playing crap. So just what Stefan Fry was able to do at TFC and what he's gone on to do at Seattle. And I'm going to involve that body of work as well. He's got to be the, the best goalkeeper we've ever had. And and so I, for that reason, he's in my starting 11. Yeah, I agree with you there. And 
Uh, <laughs> certainly feel bad for Bono having to sit through that yesterday. But uh, going off the performances on the pitch, Stefan Fry was almost like was always one of the nicest guys that I had interacted with in terms of Toronto FC players. Ran into him at a pub crawl once. And he like took five, 10 minutes to talk to me at the time. I was probably about 13 years old and he took, you know, a few minutes to talk to me about giving me goalkeeping advice. So that certainly stands out for me as well. I got to say though, he really should have said, maybe don't be 13 years old on a pub crawl, but you know what? He's Swiss. That's different. I guess. Yeah. It's it's a different way of life out there. Uh, (laughs) Go go into the back line Um, at left back for me. I've got Justin Morrow. Um, center backs i've got drew moore and chris mavinga and then at right back this one a little bit off the board but i thought just again because of the time he spent here maybe wasn't the actual best guy in his position uh but i've got ashton morgan what about you kim um i i like that back line uh ben and the choices you make there i think are a blend of loyalty uh, success and, and overall, I think performances. Um, the, the the selection of Justin Morrow, I think, is a a natural one. Phenomenal servant of the club. Um, continues to be a big leader on and off the pitch. Uh, and if we're looking at th- that body of work alone, I think he earns it in the eleven. But at times, he was unplayable on the wing. He 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 had that overloading uh, ability. Scored a hat trick. Uh, you know, has, has had the ability to be really imposing. Um, and still able to cover back and do the defensive responsibilities. So I think at his best, um, Moro was certainly in this starting 11. We, we've seen him, you know, age and, and not be at the same level or perhaps not um, deployed in, in a position I think he, he thrives in with a certain system. But totally agree with Moro. He's in my back four as well. Um, he's also met there both by uh, Drew Moore and Mavinga. I still think Mavinga has more to prove, but Drew Moore, I can't bring up enough about how important he was to TFC's back four. Uh, in, in his time with TFC, he marshaled that back line, kept them organized. And for a guy who's not the tallest, not the biggest, but certainly the most intelligent and I think well-rounded defender we, we've ever had. So I think his ability to, to anchor our back line and push us over the edge of winning that MLS Cup more than earns his spot in that back four. Um, Mavinga, I think athletically, I think performance-based, he should be in this back four. I still would love to see him leave even more of a legacy for us. He He's at times had rash tackles and and, and been a bit of a, um, a, a unknown or a, a variable that he, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> wild card, I should say. Definitely a wild yes. card. <laughs> um, and, you know, you, you, you're, you're – your seasoning in your mouth is pretty poor right now with, with how this team's playing and anyone in the starting 11 right now is just going to get a bit more of a, um, a scrutinizing for me. But I think for everything he's done thus far, I, I, I think Maving is in that back four. Uh, the only argument I'd have for this back four versus mine would be uh, Mr. Morgan. Um, excellent, excellent player. And again, servant to the club, great Canadian uh, I got the uh, pleasure of playing against him uh, at youth levels and, and always the, the competitor and, and, and fantastic battler on the pitch. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to take on um, Beta Shore in my back, yeah. right? I just think Beta Shore had the ability to be that same attacking force going forward and just dis- defensive savvy that allowed TFC to achieve our, our fantastic seasons. There it was a three seasons in a row where, we were probably the top three club in the league. And, you know, the MLS cup finals 
proved that as well. And, and I think Beta Sure more than Morgan was 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 influential on in that. So um, I think great TFC legend. But if we're doing best eleven, I've got to have uh, Stephen Beta Shore in the in the right back. Yeah, I you know what I absolutely don't disagree with you there. It was tough choosing between that one. Beta Shore was certainly on the top of my mind. I just figured with how long Morgan was here, it just felt mm-hmm. like he was here forever. He was kind of that connection to the old years, to the years where we were winning MLS Cups and, and competing uh, with the top of the league. So, uh, I, I, you know, soft spot in my heart for Ashton Morgan, regardless of, of appearances and, and success-wise. Uh, Chris Mavinga, it's, I, was, I was thinking about that too. I still think he's got a lot to prove. He's obviously been here through all of our good years. Uh, it's just tough at center back because there's not a whole lot to choose from in terms of best 11 center backs for Toronto FC. Drew Moore, kind of a no-brainer. He was the difference maker for Toronto FC and being competitive and uh, making that jump. And then, you know, not enough can be said about Justin Morrow. Um, just what he's done off the pitch for Toronto FC in the last couple of years, as well as on it. In coming here again, a loyal servant. He's been here for close to seven years now, I think. Uh, you know, tremendous player a few years back for his first few years when we were when we won the MLS Cup and, and even the year previous when we made our first MLS Cup. I thought I was always making an argument for him being the best fullback in in the MLS. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly a terrific player. Moving up. Yeah, well, actually, before we go there, I just I would be remiss if, and I'm, I'm sure anyone listening in may may put their hand up right away and say, "Well, I I have a few uh, extra sure. people I'd like to see in there." And so, yeah, please jump on the the forums, jump on the Facebook, Instagram, send us your preferred eleven. Um, you know, it's it's tough to fit in legends like Jim Brennan and Stephen Caldwell. Even at times during his career, I would have taken a Laurent Simon. Like it's it's you know at what point do we pinpoint their best years? Kind of like those yeah. FIFA cards, you know what 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 do they bring to the table? So um, I, I think that could be quite an interesting um, play for for some of those those players. Yeah, and that's what makes this a fun kind of topic of conversation. Is is there's no exact criteria. It can be guys who are loyal. It can be guys who are terrific with another club. It can be guys who are good here. It can be whatever you want. It's all up to you. And that's why me and Cam thought this was a hell of a lot more fun than talking about Toronto FC losing 7-1. Um, <laughs> moving on to the midfield, I've got uh, my two holding midfielders. Um, you know, no-brainer, Michael Bradley. Uh, you know, kind of the first big I'd argue big designated player came before Jovinko came and the guy's kind of just been Mr. Toronto since arriving you always kind of knew he'd be here and he he emphasizes how much he loves the city and, and taking a massive pay cut to stay with this team and help them compete uh not enough can be said about Michael Bradley and the impact he's had on this club and the legacy uh that he'll leave with this club my other uh holding midfielder I have and you know, probably a couple arguments can be made here, but I've got Torsten Frings, another uh, designated player midfielder for Toronto FC. Obviously, again, not here during the great years of our club. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you here with the worst ones, but, um, you know, guy played in a World Cup for Germany, you know, hell of a player in the Bundesliga. And then was was certainly no snub here either terrific player here in the MLS with Toronto FC despite 
what happened with uh, with the club during those days. And then it's my attacking midfielders. I've got uh, Mr. 416, Jonathan Osorio, um, another guy with Toronto FC that kind of started his legacy here, um, has been a terrific player with this club every year, almost consistent every year he's here. And then, uh, of course, Alejandro Pazuelo is my other attacking midfielder. Uh, Cam, what do you think there? And uh, what would you change? What do you have? I think if we're looking at the defensive midfielders, Bradley's there uh, every single time. Um, Much maligned for some people, especially this season. But again, it's the whole team. Um, And you've heard a lot of arguments from, you know, U.S. men's national team fans. But I I think Michael Bradley is a consummate professional. I think he has been the heartbeat of this team for a long time. He's grabbed us by our bootstraps and lifted us up to the the MOS hierarchy, right? We're we're up there uh, in terms of clubs now, thanks to to Michael. Um, he puts himself on the pitch 100%, um, and he's done it with a plum at times. He's been phenomenal. I think you you you'd see any MLS team want Michael Bradley in their starting eleven. Perhaps not anymore as he heads to the end of his career. But you got to think of the years where. You know, he was the, the general, the true general, you know, box to box, you know, preventing anything from really developing and then, you know, playing a beautiful ball to to our, our strikers. So Michael Bradley, without a doubt, is in that defensive midfield. And and I have to agree, uh, pedigree alone, Torsten Frings is is someone who who fits into that um, that mold. And without injury, you know, what could have been uh, is always going to be that that uh, that thought in the back of a lot of our minds. For sure. You know? And, you know, as I said before, you know, what, what would he have looked like in a team with some of these players, right? Does he get more coverage from playing in front of that type of back line? Does, does he get a bit more freedom to, to do more stuff with Bradley beside him, right? It's, I think he probably has the highest ceiling um, to, to go forward and, and, and create even more for us. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't say no to, you know, the likes of like a, I don't know, Carl Robinson, you know, hard as nails, you know, be a great sure. player. Someone who just, I, I always hold in high regard when I looked at this team, when we weren't great, you know, he was always out there working his ass off. And unfortunately, I don't think we saw many results with, with him in that Jersey, but I, I think I'd like to see someone like him possibly in there. But I, I think um, uh, Frings just, just definitely keeps everyone at bay just with his body of work alone. And, and what he did in his brief time with the TFC. For sure. What about uh, what about for your attacking kind of midfielders there, Cam? I, I think we've been kind of blessed with with our choices going forward. Um, for sure, I'm going to have uh, Alejandro Pozuelo, um, you know, being a part of that that attacking uh, forward momentum from the team. Um, you know, you, you you put him more central, and you'd want to have, I think, a bit more um, accessibility on, on the outsides of him. So with Pozuelo pulling the strings, I would love to see a um, Victor Vasquez in there with him as well. Uh, as much as I love Jonathan Osario, uh, and again, a legend of the club, an amazing servant. I just think pedigree-wise, what he's able to do, I think Victor Vasquez at times were was lights out for TFC. Just played the key passes when we needed them. You know, you look at some of those MLS Cup games, you know, what was his, uh, you know, influence in the buildup to those goals. I think I might take Jonathan Osario in the uh, Champions League. But MLS uh, starting 11, I think I'm going to take Victor Vasquez. Yeah, for sure. Definitely uh, definitely some good shouts there. Uh, strikers was where it kind of got interesting for me. 
Um, Sebastian Javinko is kind of the obvious one. You know, most people probably make the argument for him being the best TFC player of all time. Probably not going to dispute you on that. Uh, so that one is kind of an easy one. The, the, the one where it really got tricky for me, uh, I have Josie Altidore down in my all-time starting 11, that striker. Uh, it really came down between him and Dwayne De Rosario for me. Um, I think the thing that kind of just pushed Altidore above the rest for me was, you know, just look at the track record of what he's done here in terms of scoring in big moments and big games. Yeah, De Rosario, obviously a tremendous player, lit it up with Toronto FC, was from Toronto. But Josie Altidore scoring in MLS Cups and big playoff games to take us over the edge. It, it's hard to leave that out. Uh, so that's why I've got Josie Altidore. Um, obviously a bit of a stain what's happening right now. Not so much on him, more so the organization. But it's, uh, yeah, I've got Josie Altidore as my other striker. Cam, how about yourself? You know, I almost want to <clears throat> re re rejig the team to fit in more strikers you know do we, <laughs> do we do we drop a midfielder and bring in the three strikers because at, at times i think we've had you know some of the best strikers in the league uh sebastian giovinco is a no-brainer he is yeah. obviously in that 11 and by virtue of his body of work with the club his commitment and, and overall performance it has to be josie altador uh, as the, as the two strikers up top. And, you know, it's those two that again, won us our MLS cup and have been, I think the figurehead of the TFC attack, um, you know, but you've got to look at Dwayne De Rosario as a city legend, right. Mm -hmm. as, Absolutely. As, a, as, a, as a embodiment of, you know, football or soccer in Canada and in Toronto, it's, it's Dwayne De Rosario who inspires the Osarios who, who inspires the, um, uh, the Richie Larea's these, these, these young Canadian athletes who've, who've gone on to do great things. Uh, it was him. And we owe a lot to that. And, and, and as much as I'd love to fit him in um, it's difficult. It really is considering, you know, the body of work of the gentleman ahead of him. Um, and, you know, I, I bite back my tongue when I say, you know, do we try and fit in a Jermaine Defoe into that, you know, all time greatest? No, but one of the best <laughs> players we've ever had in the team, certainly he went on to do, you know, still amazing things. Uh, winning the Scottish um, Premier League with Rangers recently, right? It's, you know, he's still playing at such a high level that had that relationship worked out, we could be having a very different conversation right now. Um, so I, I think there's a, a shout there for him being either one of the worst or one of the best. <laughs> yeah, depending on how you look at it, certainly. Yeah. Maybe look for him in our reverse 11s coming up shortly. Exactly. <laughs> So um, by virtue of that, I think you got to have Giovinco and, and Altidore in the top there. But, you know, massive shouts to to the likes of, you know, Dwayne Rosario, um, even even, you know, Toast St. Ricketts being that sort of, you know, beautiful member of the team that kind of came off the bench and scored some big goals at times for us, but uh, was always kind of a, um, a bit player. But, you know, these are the people you think of when you think of TFC. Absolutely. And before we move on to our to our reverse 11s, I would be remiss. Uh, if I didn't give a shout, the the D-Row book that's out now by, by Brendan Dunlop and D-Row is a tremendous read if you haven't already checked it out. Uh, I got it a few weeks back. I ordered it like the day it came out, and I've kind of just been taking my time reading it. It's a tremendous, tremendous book. So um, obviously a guy, a, a, fig, a stepping stone, a, a 
a figurehead probably on the Mount Rushmore of, of Canada soccer. Um, so certainly worth the read uh, if you haven't already checked it out. Uh, Cam, this is where the nonsense will likely pick up um, as if this podcast wasn't already all nonsense. Uh, it's the reverse 11s. Did you want me to start here? Did you want to go? This one could get uh, this one could get ugly. We'll see how she goes. <laughs> you know, I love our club, but you know we've got a uh, plethora of talent to pick for the uh, reverse eleven as this club's grown over yes. the uh, the years. So, talents or lack thereof. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, starting at the back, you know, you you've got a few choices there for goalies who you know were just not the right fit for us. Uh, the one that I think most, I don't say offended me or one that just made me feel like this is a bit of a gimmick was Julio Cesar. <laughs> you know, I wanted to have fun songs about him. I wanted him to be, you know, a great little bit of a, a stepping stone for the club and maybe see him help coach some of our goalkeepers when in reality it was a warm up for like the gold cup or the world cup or something like that. And he, yeah. he came to freezing cold Toronto and played seven games and it was nothing. It was, a, it was just a PR stunt in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good pick. I think um, came on loan for, you know, whatever, a cup of coffee, maybe a couple pints uh, as a warm up for the world cup and was part of the whole bloody big deal uh shenanigans that the club put out which included uh Jermaine Defoe obviously uh yeah definitely kind of when you look back it's like uh what a what a disaster that was uh yeah, for me gloves he won all these all this talent he had and then he just didn't do anything for us yeah I don't know how many games he won it, it wasn't money yeah no for sure uh for me I've got Freddie Hall as my goalkeeper in my reverse 11, many of you likely going, who? Exactly. That is why he is in there. Uh, he was Paul Mariner's go-to guy kind of back in the 2012 season. Obviously, we know how the 2012 season went for us. Uh, made 10 appearances, seven starts. Um, or sorry, seven, seven uh, appearances in the MLS, 10 total. Uh, if you include Canadian Championship and CONCACAF and whatnot. But uh, yeah, the, I don't know. It's kind of hard to analyze it just because it's it's like, who, what? He, he didn't do anything exactly. That's that's yeah, why he, he's he, in. <laughs> he, had more, he had more starts than Julio Cesar. Yeah, no, exactly. And, right? and here's, like, think about that. And, <laughs> you're just adding to the whole reason of why we're doing this, Cam. God, right God. it's 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 funny to look back at but yes freddie hall will be my goalkeeper uh moving up to the back line what do you have kim for for defenders this is interesting um there's a lot know, of them it, the, there's there's we've been largely maligned uh in in the back for for this club so um i, I think we can start with uh one of our own uh at times and i don't think we're going to get a little bit of uh heat for this one um, but Eric Zavaleta, I, I think, is is one of those players where you know we, we've got to point out some 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 rough moments for him, and I think that's really mean. But you know, if we think about his full body of work, you know, he always kind of gets the short end of the stick, and I, I, I've got to say that that's there's a reason behind it. Um, so with him in the back, we've got to add in someone else, a big profile name to take a little bit of the the brunt off Zav. That would be uh, Gregory Vanderweel. Um, just 
what a disaster. It, it was like the real housewives of TFC with, with this guy. It was <laughs> awful. Oh, it's some other issue. There was, you know, this, 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 you know, bitch and moan, you know, thought he, he was, you know, the next coming of, of Christ and was just not good. He was not a great defender for us. He, he at times put us in, in seriously bad positions for his attitude. So he's definitely in there uh, right beside uh, Zavaleta there. And then um, tough to, to, to pick out, you know, beyond that. But, you know, do we pick out someone like Kevin Goldthwaite? Mm. You know, someone who, who really didn't do much for us. You know, he, he, he got a goal. Well, I'll give him that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think he did much beyond that in, in, his, in his sort of play for us. Um, and then do you look at someone who's played a lot more? Like, you know, do we want to give a little more love to, you know, Eckersley? Or yeah. do, we, do, we, do we, you know, put on... Lauren Simon for the dud that he is, you know, <laughs> it, I, it's so tough to pick out those ones. So if I've got to pick someone, I'm going to say right now, uh, current form or the most recent form for us would be Lauren Simon. Yeah, definitely a couple, couple goodies there, Cam. Um, defending obviously kind of a spot in this team. That's always been a bit of a, uh, uh to say the very least, especially in those tough years. Uh, for me, I've got my left back as Miguel Isaval. Um, kind of a guy came in from South America, was supposed to be, you know, really cool, good piece, strong piece, like exciting for this team. And just ended up being what a lot of those pieces ended up being with Toronto FC. Just just not good. Uh, my center backs are Dan Gargan and Ty Harden, quite the lethal center back pairing right there. Not sure many teams can get past them. I say ironically, uh, mm-hmm. Ty Harden was one of the nice, I will, one of the nicest guys off the pitch. Talked to him many times when I was a kid down the front row in 127. He'd come by because a bunch of the time he'd be in the press box. He wasn't dressed. Um, wondered why, but uh, got the opportunity to talk to him quite a few times because of that, but just on the pitch, not good. And then Dan Gargan, I think many of us will, will know was, was pretty tough. And, um, I think he's, he's up there for own goals at Toronto FC. That's something we'd have to get an actual check on, but, uh, yeah, just another kind of, I, I don't even know what to call it. Just, <laughs> just not good. And then I agree with you, uh, at right back, I've got Gregory Vanderveel as well. Uh, was supposed to be that piece that kind of took us over the top following our MLS Cup win, going into CONCACAF, uh, bring us back to another MLS Cup in 2018 and just ended up being a disaster. Uh, attitude issues, ended up leaving the team because of a, a sort of a, some type of dispute with Greg Vanny uh, in training. Huh, sounds kind of like Chris Armis and Josie Altador. Um, just, just bad. And then, to top it off with that, uh, he wore number nine as a defender, which which is kind of like what? Like I'm not a huge I'm not huge into the traditions of of numbers in in soccer, but come on, man. <laughs> um, for midfielders, Cam, what do you have? For the midfielders, it, 
again, it's going to be a bit more of a, you know, who, who is that? You yeah. know, you, you, you want to make sure you, you, you remember who they were, but um, for my midfield, I have on the, hmm, I feel, I feel bad putting anyone down like this, but um, I'm going to, you know what? No. Let me hear yours first, and then I'll come in, because I feel like I'm just going to start putting out names, and I'm going to be attacked by people. <laughs> all right. Well, don't we love being attacked? Because uh, we're doing all the attacking right now. Um, my holding midfielders, or I guess just, just general midfield, uh, I've got Matt Stinson, was a Canadian kid, supposed to be pretty good, and a promising young talent, Canadian talent for Toronto FC, and again, just a dud uh, another one who, who we often refer to in Toronto FC circles as Cletus is Terry Dunfield, uh, was a terrific, or I'd say a decent, pretty good player for, uh, the Canadian Canadian men's national team and the Vancouver Whitecaps came to Toronto FC and, you know, kind of just another flop and then moving up the pitch a little bit, tacking midfielders, wingers, whatever you want to refer to it as, uh, I've got Maximiliano Yerudi. Um, was supposed to be the second coming, a terrific young talent coming from Argentina and played a whole two games for us um, back when he was supposed to be, you know, this, the next thing for us at Toronto FC as a, as I believe he was a designated player. Um, and then my other one, also part of that really disappointing 2018 season and, Somebody that a lot of our listeners will probably have in their reverse 11s is Agra Keche. Uh, comes over from Atletico Bilbao in Spain. Uh, again, supposed to make us this juggernaut in the MLS, bring us back to another MLS Cup and hopefully win the CONCACAF Champions League. And, you know, just ends up being a disaster. Maybe didn't get as much playing time as many people expected. Um, but when he did play, it was, it was, it was not fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, those are good. I like that. That's, um, that's a nice balance of big signings and more homegrown talent. Um, I think you've, you've spread the, the shame around very well. Yeah. There's certainly a couple more that I'll, that I'll address after you get yours out that I think I maybe could have put in there, but, uh, let's hear yours first. Yeah, I think looking at this midfield, I want to take kind of body of work into it and say, you know, what what did they come in expected of and what did they do and and what's their overall influence on on the general team. So my first two to kick off are are going to be a couple of big signings. The first is going to be uh Marisa Du. Mm. Yeah. You know, big excitement, first real big player that, you know, TFC were going to be like this guy's going to be great. This is going to be fantastic. For me didn't leave the club in i think the best position yeah you can't be blamed for that the team was yeah. managed very poorly back just, then the potential that he had to just never hit that for sure right of, of what we wanted um and by virtue of terry dunfield having the same number of goals as him you know they got <laughs> that one. there you go uh terry um the next one again another another uh canadian here but i think one that probably got way more money than he needed to get uh julian de guzman yeah. When you're pulling up to a Lambo at practice and some of the other guys in the pitch can barely afford, you know, to buy a car, 
and you give me three goals and 93 starts, that's not great. Even if that's not your, your full role, you know, being paid that much money, you've got to take on a, a greater brunt of attacking prowess. And, and he didn't, again, this is a, a time at TFC that was, you know, not great. So I, I think I've got to add um, him into that, that list as well. Um, and then I'm going to agree with uh, Agra Keche mainly because he embarrassed me uh, at the uh, Montreal away game on St. Patrick's day. I got, what's going to happen for the second half. And I think we were down one nil. And I was like, Oh yeah. A catchy to score for sure. Little did I know he was never going to score a little personal connection there. I like it. So I, uh, I I hold, (laughs) I hold that um, in, in uh, very uh, close proximity to, to everything else. So uh, that was what three. So I, I can maybe add one more. And I, I think Kyle Becker has always been a bit of a, a oh, dud for me. So I'm going to put Kyle that. Becker in there. Mainly because, again, I played against him oh. as a kid. You know, it was always quite good, but hard as fucking nails. And, uh, you know, not, not a huge fan of, of his body of work, personally. Uh, so I've got to add him uh, to that list as well. Yeah, that, that Kyle Becker one, I was, I was considering it. But the, obviously... As, as a lot of you would know by now, I'm a big Forge FC fan as well and a supporter for them, part of the Barton Street Battalion out in Hamilton. So I was just like, no, 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 no. You can't put Kyle Becker. You can't put Kyle Becker because he's a tremendous, tremendous player with Forge FC. Yep. But yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great, great, great yeah, player. Certainly. Uh, but for me, at, at <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. It's just me leaving my, my personal connections out of it. Um <laughs> Uh, De Guzman is a really good shout there, Cam. It still blows my mind that Toronto FC gave him as much money as they did. And, you know, what do we get out of it? I'm still on. Exactly. Basically. Um, <laughs> so it sums it up. It really does sum up Toronto FC in those years for sure. Um, in terms of In terms of midfielders, I think that's about, just about all the guys that I had on my mind. I don't think there was anybody else that I was really thinking of throwing in the midfield. I guess Daniel Lovitz maybe was another one just cause he drafted him high, gave him some, gave him some runs and was okay with Toronto FC, but kind of just like never really hit what we thought he would be. And then ended up being a, a pretty good player with Montreal good with Nashville and, even made a couple national team appearances with the U.S. Pretty sure he played against Canada back in October 2019 when Canada beat them at BMO Field. Um, so yeah, that was that was another one for me. Uh, forwards, this one's interesting. A lot of guys that came to Toronto FC that either weren't good or or were supposed to be this this big thing for us and just didn't live up to it. Did you want to do this one first, Cam, or did you want me to share mine? Yeah, I can I can go first here. Go for so it. for 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 strikers, um, you know we we have a lot of pressure in MLS to to, to sign a a striker and then suddenly you know bring a new wave of success to the club. Um, you know, a few times we've looked at it as you know who's coming up as a youth player that could be maybe breaking into the team, and other times and most often it's you know, signing a big name outside of the club to bring them in and, and be a designated player. So by virtue of that, I'm going to be careful with who I pick here, but I think there's a lot that can be debated. We can only have really one or two positions in this. Uh, so 
First off, I'm going to say Gilberto. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ongoing joke is I always forgot his name because <laughs> I, I forget who he was. And he scores one really nice free kick after having a fight with, was it? Um, Defoe. Uh, Defoe. Yeah. And, you know, everyone goes, oh, that's amazing. But he didn't do anything. He, he, the amount of times I think he was into space, open net, and just missed, it was just shocking at how, how, how few goals he scored and what he came into. The fanfare that comes with signing a, um, a striker like that. Um, then I, I, I want to say, you know, do we, we bring in the Jermaine Defoe of what he did and, and, and the way he left? Although I think he scored a lot of great goals. He made team of the year. You know, he, he was a very good player for us when he was playing with us and not complaining about being injured thanks to uh, the turf we played on. So I, I, I'm not going to include Defoe as I think he's someone who can fit on both sides of that coin, but <laughs> it's going to break my heart to, to include this gentleman because I used to coach him and I hold him in such high regard, but would be uh, Mo Babuli. Yeah. Just wanted him to, I wanted him to break through and do more. And he just, in, in all the chances he got, it never really came to fruition for him. So always looked out of his depth and, and never was able to make the, the step into MLS. So um, breaks my heart to include him, but it, it's got to be uh, Mo on that one. Yeah. So for me, I've got Gilberto as well. Uh, just a massive disappointment with Toronto FC. And the thing that bothered me the most was when we signed him, he was talking so much shit about how he could lead the MLS and goals, this and that. And he did nothing other than get into a fight with Jermaine Defoe and score a nice free kick. Uh, so yeah, Gilberto has to be included in there. Uh, all part of that bloody big joke scenario Toronto FC had going back in 2014. Um, and then my other forward here, and I'll give a shout to a couple after I announce this one, but you know, part of me just has to take a shot at the current situation Toronto FC's got going and in this Ali Curtis movement. Uh, and it's Erickson Gallardo. Um, you know, supposed to be this young, promising player from Venezuela. And what has he done since coming here? Uh, other than get hurt and look extremely underwhelming when he touches the pitch. Um, you know, he's made 15 appearances up till this point. He's got, I think, one or two career goals total. Um, he just hasn't lived up to what he's supposed to be or what the club at least made him out to be. Um, you know, kind of a shout at Ali Curtis and, and what he's done for this team. Uh, so yeah, Erickson Gallardo is my other one. Uh, but there is Moba Bully was in consideration, but again, I have to keep my forge connections out of this <laughs> um but the one big one that many people are gonna be like how the hell are you not including this guy uh and it's terrence boyd who remembers terrence boyd or or what was supposed to be terrence board boyd yeah uh <laughs> another ali curtis signing um and another player where you're sitting there and you're like how the hell or, or why was this guy ever with toronto fc <laughs> it's it's so funny to look at um his first career match toronto fc it's against panama like uh, i think it's independiente from panama in in the champions league and he goes and he just hits this awful penalty in a game that tfc ends up losing four nil and from there on he just he just wasn't good and then did he, did he missed like two penalties or something like that. Like I think his, he missed two. Entire yeah. mentality was like you could see it break in real time. You physically watched a man be broken down on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, 
makes a move to like third division Germany or something following Toronto FC and he ends up on Sportsnet's like best plays of the month because he scores this cracker from half in like the German third division or something. And it's like, well, I guess he could do it out there. I can't do it with us. <laughs> it just, uh, just too good. Kind of funny to, to think back at it. Yeah, and and I guess we'll preface for for everyone listening. You know these these players. Some have played you know fifteen, you know twenty games. I tried to get at least twenty games uh, under their belt before we're, we're putting them into heavy consideration here because you know it's not always against them, and we we can't judge them on a very small body of work. But um, it's always up for debate and interpretation. So as I said before, if there's a debate, you want to defend a player, you want to add someone in, you want to give us your eleven. Uh, I, I, we'd love to hear it. We'd love to hear maybe your best Canadian 11. That would be a nice one to hear yeah. from. And, and maybe it's your, uh, your worst uh, international 11. <laughs> yeah. That could be something we look at if TFC continues uh, what they're doing right now. And if we want to stop talking about them for sure. Uh, it's also probably important to note that none of this has to do with any, any like personal, like against the player as a person too it's it's all in good fun and and just performances on the pitch none of it has to do with us disliking them as a person or them being a bad person at all none of that uh we're just having fun because that's not what tron fc is doing for us right now they're not a lot of fun um with that being said is there anything you wanted to add cam on on this on on another topic uh before we before we close things out you know, I think everyone just needs to look after themselves amidst uh, our misgetting and, um, you know, batting down the hatches. It looks like it's going to be a really tough year. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just try and stay calm. Obviously, things aren't pretty right now, but uh, the thing for me that's helping is I just laugh at all of it. It's, it's not even worth getting upset over anymore. And if you laugh at it, you certainly have a lot more fun with it. So I would suggest that. Uh, with that being said, we look forward to seeing you all very soon. Hopefully, uh, keep getting those vaccines if you if you haven't yet and if you're eligible. And uh, we'll all be together soon for a couple pints and hopefully watching the team we love most. Uh, this has been the Red Patch Boys podcast. I've been Ben McClellan. That's been Cam Miller. And uh, we look forward to you guys listening to us soon. Come on, you Reds.